Story Number One The Boldest of Plans, written by three ducks in a man suit. Things dragons like ten high places, nine storms, eight being feared and all worshipped, seven good old fashioned rampage of death and destruction, six fighting, five complaints, four treasure, three treasure, two treasure, one treasure. The latest challenges had arrived. I licked my chops in anticipation, feeling liquid fire roll over my teeth. Shimmering air surrounded my head, turning the inner chamber into a sauna. The party paused at my door, discussing their next move. It would have been a child's play to take them then and there. I could have shapeshifted down to humanoid size, but not even needed to damage my door. But I've always had a bit of flair for the dramatic... I brush some of the dust from my body and I stretch my wings, trying to shake off the itch as I wait. Finally, they ready themselves and open the doors, striding through like they own the place. Their cocky expressions dry up like spittle on the scorched desert road as they lay eyes on deathly smile worn by a creature so huge that it could swallow them whole. Their gazes drop to what lies beneath my feet. I lounge upon a mountain of treasure, a thousand-year hoard gathered from foreign kingdoms and lost cities, some of it conquered by tooth, claw, and flame, some of it gifted by devotion worshippers seeking my favor or hoping their contribution will spare the kingdom from my wrath. This is what they came for. Their eyes light up. I take a quick head count. The leopard skin and the prodigious collection of scar tissue marks the half-orc as a barbarian. How traditional. The carefully polished armor and the shiny-looking holy symbol on the dwarf wore around his mech marked him as a paladin. Or was it a her? I have a hard enough time discerning gender for races that actually have obvious differences between them. They were the vanguard... In the rear, a wood elf clothed in green held bow, a ranger. That would explain how they got past the trap so easily. And another elf dressed in robes and holding a staff, either a wizard or a sorceress, sorcerer. Again, how could you really tell? Was it these four? Most parties who come to challenge me have more. Oh, wait, I see another. Yes, I feel the movements of the small humanoid, probably a halfling or a gnome, moving through the hidden passage behind me that I carved out one weekend for craps and giggles. Most likely a rogue. I don't react to their presence. Who dares disturb my slumber? What creatures seek to do with my claws? We come to rid the land of your pestilence, spell dragon. Too long have the good people of this world suffered your unceasing tyranny. The dwarf's overblown response would have been more convincing if his eyes weren't staying constantly to the treasure that he obviously was already divvying up in his head. Dwarves, <laughs> they just can't help it. If you come to do battle, then you have seen your last days, mortal. I stand from the treasure hoard, lifting my wings above me and letting my presence fill the room. Ah, yes, they weren't looking at the treasure now. Good. The barbarian goes first, flying into a rage as he charges me. Clearly not one for dialogue. 
I let loose some of the bedy full of fire that has been resting impatiently within me. The cave is filled with a stench of burning half-orc. Your state of rage might turn the blades and hammers of your fellow soldiers, little one, but it won't save you from dragonfire. My scales register the impact of a powerful spell as a sorceress casts her magic. Something earth-based. It hurts, but not much. Ah, the joy of combat. Instead of falling for the distraction, I strike with my tail and catch the sneaking rogue mid-leap. The poor little thing was relying on stealth too much. The edge of my tail catches it like a whip, and the halfling is torn in two. I never even laid eyes on it. The paladin actually withstands the first swipe of my claws, giving their ranger a chance to send an arrow at the underside of my throat. It was actually a damned impressive shot, made more so by the immediate recognizable feeling of poison trying to spread through the wound. I roar at the back line over the dwarves' head and feel their wolves crumble. They keep up their attacks, but their discipline has wavered. The paladin tries to strike the warhammer at my jaw, but I avoid the strike and send him clear across the room with a back swipe. That I bounce, a short scream as the ranger turns to a bloody mess under my claws. The sorceress turns to flee, and I stretch her on neck, biting my jaws down at her. She is dead in the first bite, swallowed whole in a second. Ugh, shouldn't have done that. I'll be hacking up her hidden daggers and bits of jewelry for hours. It's just the paladin now. He staggers to his feet, blood dripping down from his brutal head wound that would just likely have incapacitated the lesser robust species. He heals himself with a word, leaving nothing but the stains of his armor. Then he rises his hammer, only to gape in despair as he realizes that he is the only member of his party left alive. I revel in his pain for some sweet moments, then take a deep breath and send him to the underworld, cooking him alive in his armor. Fight over. That was a few weeks ago, and now I'm bored. Truly skilled adventurers like that are a rarity. Perhaps I should have savored the combat more. Since then, it's just been me sitting here on my giant mountain of treasure, sleeping and eating from my food store, which will dry up soon. I should probably go hunt. Then, finally, I feel it. Another princess entering my lair. Impatiently, after a long wait, I cast a spell to remotely view the creature. Ah, it's a human! The youngest of the mortal races, they are also the one that I know the least about. They have short lifespans and nothing particularly spectacular about their biology or magical affinity. As far as I know, their biggest advantages are that they have a tendency towards aggressive expansion and their general lack of weaknesses. Smarter than orcs, but are not as strong, Tougher than owls, but not as magical. A racial jack of all trades. Just one. No armor. Only a dagger at his side. I could sense a small amount of treasure on him. But if he had came to make an offering, it would take more than that pittance. Sheer curiosity made me deactivate my traps, letting him wander in. Did he have some kind of plan of bringing me down? Can't wait to see if it works. Who dares disturb my slumber? What creature seeks to doom at my claws? Ah, the human stops him entering my chamber, squinting in the magical torchlight. Then he sweeps the fine hat he was wearing and moves rather gracefully into a flowing blow. 
Great sir, or Madame Dragon, my honor is to make your acquaintance. I blink, somewhat um, bewildered. I am female. Madame Dragon, then. I come not to do battle, or die helplessly at your mighty claws, I hope, but rather to offer an opportunity. Huh. No adventurer had ever opened a conversation like this before. I could just eat him, but he smelled strangely, unappealing, vaguely floral. Not bad, just not edible. Also, he did call my claws mighty. You may speak. The human smiled and eloquently spoke. I listened carefully. Then he gave me a map, bowed again, and left my lair unharmed. Two days later, I made my decision. It was a meticulous war as always, and when locking up my treasure, I bent the magic to the land and fold the entire lair into a closed dimension, rendering it inaccessible to any but me, just to be safe. I also surrounded it with an alarm ward that would give me a warning when intruded upon. Then I shook off the cramps from lying still for so long, stretched my wings, took a deep breath of the cool mountain air, and took off. It was a short flight. The destination the human had marked on the map wasn't too far away. Probably why he had come to me and not any of my brothers and sisters in their own territories. I felt the panic of a thousand lesser creatures below, especially from the Alban forest and the orc tribes that I very deliberately flew over. I roared as I passed and almost fell from the air in laughter as screams and panic erupted from the ground. All too soon I saw my destination before me. Good. The human was either not attempting to deceive me, or had put a great deal of effort into a con to get me out of my lair. Anything else would have been greatly insulting. The eerie was positioned on a mountaintop almost as tall as my own. Several buildings gathered around in a wide cluster, with more than enough room for me to land and maneuver by a bulk around. It was quite an impressive construction, very sturdy, without sacrificing its artistic flair. One of the main platforms, several humans stood near the edge watching me. I flew in a circle above the facility for a while, examining it from every angle and testing the air. The humans were afraid as the others had been, but they did not panic. Instead, the fear was overridden by a very different emotion. A hardened resolve. They could either mean that they were determined to do things right, or that this was a con after all. I gave them the benefit of the doubt and landed on the platform. It was quite a breathtaking view of the wide valley from up here. A storm raged far below, lending a soothing music to the atmosphere. How lovely. The human who had visited my lair stepped forward and swept a different hat from his head in a now familiar gesture. The house of Maxwell greets the mighty dragon of light, Lady Ouroboros, the humble estate. We assure you that you will not regret this decision. Two dozen or so humans standing behind him bowed in unison with him. A rather attractive display of coordinated servitude. All of them that the same pleasant but unappetizing scent of them. Even if it was a wall of hoax, the sheer amusement I had gotten out of it had already made the trip worth it. I snorted a plume of smoke at my response and narrowed my eyes. Raising a claw, I hefted a bag heavier than the human when it was dropped at my feet, where it landed with a crash. Every human's eyes was fixated to it except for Lord Maxwell, 
who kept a professional smile fixed on his face as he indicated over his shoulder for two of his staff. They timidly approached, looking at me as if I could attack them at any moment. When they opened the bag, they both audibly gulped at the sight of more treasure than they had ever likely seen in their lives before. A mere dribble of my hoard. They nodded at the assembly in confirmation. More humans came with a cart to haul the bag off. I didn't watch them go. The treasure had tracking spell based on it, so hiding it would be useless. I would probably be taking that back soon. Proceed, human. I want to see if you can deliver on what you've promised. Of course, Lady Ouroboros. Right this way. The building was huge by human standards. A great deal of effort had clearly gone into its construction. It was very open, designed with the shuttered windows that, when all opened, allowed an excellent airflow and light. Within the center was a pool of magically heated water, more than big enough for my bulk. Beside it, a group of burly humans sat carefully washing their bare feet. Nice touch. I sunk into the water, feeling it soak into my scales. Oh, yes. This was most pleasant. The humans had added something to it which made the water smell delightful and feel strangely soothing. The humans who had been washing their feet lined up before me and bowed, requesting permission, which I gave. Despite that, they still had shaking with nerves when they climbed onto my back, tiptoeing as if one hard footfall would have seen me eaten alive. Good. It wouldn't do for them to forget that they're... They went to work with their tools, small hooks slipping under my scales and clearing detritus from where it had gathered. After that, they scrubbed with the hard bristles, brushes, and some kind of water that smelled of citrus, then finished with a polish and a soft cloth. After the scale massage and bath, I was politely requested to step out and to stilay my claws and wings. Men and women went to work with growing confidence as I visibly relaxed at their actions. My claws were placed in clamps clearly designed for specifically this and a hand-powered grinding device, sharpened, smooth, and the hard enamel. They went over the bony ridges of my wings and with a similar grinder and massaged the muscles, hitting aches that I hadn't even known were there. That citric water was used to clean and polish the wing and membrane. As they did this, the number of humans with distinctive white uniforms different from the others, who were mostly shirtless in a hot steam, had come out from the door at the back of the room, weeding the roasted cow that had been spiced when cooked to perfection. The chef described in great detail the ingredients that he used to prepare it and came from, and how they had used it as I ate. I barely pay attention because it's so delicious. They follow it up with a tub of creamy, brownish food the chef called uh, Chocolate mousse. I dipped a cautious tongue into it and felt a jolt run down my spine. A few squawks of instinctive fear popped out of the humans as my body jerked, surprising them. But I didn't care. I... I love chocolate mousse. They cleaned my teeth, some younger, extremely nervous human leaning in to run a bristle over each one and using a wire and a hook to remove any bits of food stuck in it. There were some sparks of pain as they got deep into the gums, but it was a good pain, like removing an arrow that I had not known was still in me. 
I even rolled over to let them have a go at my belly. They rubbed the cream onto an old arrow wounds, soothing the reddened skin that never quite healed up promptly. The stronger humans worked with their bare hands to massage the skidded muscles. When it was all done, I was shown to a room with a gigantic polished mirror. My scales glowed. The glistening sheen of the smooth oil made me shine like a newborn. Old aches and pains were gone. My teeth were brilliantly white and my skin and scales were free of any imperfections. I looked and felt fantastic. I didn't take my goal back as I left. They could have it. I would be coming back to do this again. In the office of Lord Maxwell, third son of the noble Maxwell family. A few minutes after the dragon had flown off, Lord Maxwell and his closest partners sat slumped into a luxury chairs where they had painstakingly hauled up this mountain and began to laugh. The mirth of one man fed into the next and before long, all four men and one woman were in a state of total hysterics. It was a relieved laughter after years of nerves leading up to this very moment finally came unraveled. It was a laughter of having pulled off the impossible. It had worked. The plan had worked. The first ever resort and spa that catered exclusively to the true wealthiest individuals of this world. Dragons. Years of planning, of doubt of senior members scoffing and calling them crazy. Of the hardships and finding people with both the skills and the sheer insanity to accept a job. The difficulty synthesizing a wearable scent that would make them unappealable to dragon's tastes without actually repelling them. The accusations and desperation when they had run out of money. A thousand things that could have gone wrong. All of this moment. Alexander was still appraising it all, but even at this conservative guess, the treasure from Lady Ouroboros had more than tripled the entire investment in a single hit. The crazy third son of the Maxwells, the great scandalous black sheep of the family, was now the wealthiest member. Soon his father would be asking him for a loan. The thought added to his mirth. He admired the single gold coin from the treasure that sat on his desk. It was from a kingdom that had collapsed before the time of his great-grandfather's grandfather. He decided then and there to keep it on his desk, the first piece of dragon's hold ever successfully won by a mortal. He held it up in the light, still chuckling with relief. It was the father had always said after all, If God ever fell, the weapon to slay him would not be any runic blade or magic spell. It would be capitalism. Things dragons like. Ten high places. Nine storms. Eight being feared and or worshipped. Seven a good old-fashioned rampage of death and destruction. Six fighting. Five compliments. Four treasure. Three treasure. Two treasure. One a really good massage. End of story.